0: welcome everybody Uh, welcome clementine how are you doing today
1: i'm doing great how's everyone doing (laughs) last (laughs) night we danced who was here last night past 10. (laughs) yay (laughs) we danced so please stay and dance tonight it was so much fun so i'm doing great
0: that's great (laughs) to hear because i didn't dance (laughs) Um, Well, Clementine here, she is a graduate uh, from Yale in 2014. Uh, She is a member of the Board of Directors, uh, Women for Women International. She is a social entrepreneur an activist, a human rights activist. Uh, Clementine, you left um, Rwanda at a young age and you went uh, to the United States. Can you please uh, briefly tell us about your journey from Rwanda to the United States for those of us who don't know you very well? Hmm. <laughs> Just right there on the spot, really quickly.
1: <laughs> uh, so I was born in Rwanda and mm. in my home at least I feel like I, my mother, in a way, she prepared us to be lost mm. in a world where the world was very unkind, but to be attracted to people who share. Mm-hmm. And, and so our journey after the conflict in Rwanda in 1994, I was with my older sister, and she is one of the most... Incredible human you could possibly mm-hmm. find on this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, we walked like millions of other Rwandans who fled. Uh, we ended up in a, a refugee camp um, in Burundi, and from Burundi we went to another refugee camp. I went. To, my sister got married. Went to another country. From that country, a year later, Congo. A year later, war started. We wow. packed up all that we had and we went to a refugee camp in Tanzania. In Tanzania, it was not a life that anyone should ever live. Mm-hmm. Claire said, let's get up and go. We left that refugee camp. We went to Malawi. In Malawi, another refugee camp with five different nations and one place uh, over Africa. I could go to names, but... My sister said, "Here again, for three months, no one's supposed to live like this, so we left. We went to Mozambique and then Mozambique, South Africa, and then we went away back up, and then came to the United States, uh, went to the United States as um, um, with a refugee agency
0: mm-hmm. uh, and been living in the United States for the past sixteen years now. Wow, that is a very long journey <laughs> So how did it change you, going from having so little to to having uh, your basic needs uh, met in the United States, having shelter, having food, having security, having opportunity, how did that change you? Maybe I
1: should go back with... um, Let me go back a little bit by saying in my home in Rwanda, everyone... Was welcome, and, and this is how we were all welcome. I brought some chocolate oh. to share with you. Yay! <laughs> I Thank wish I could you. have for everybody. Oh. I have a box here if you would like oh. some later as well. Um, it's, you know, my mom taught me this mm. that. It's really good. Mm, no, let me try it now. No, 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 don't eat it. Don't <laughs> eat it yet. Okay. Mm, yeah, it's really delicious. It's very creamy. Um. Now I want to mm, eat. <laughs> very buttery. Mmm. A little bit bitter. A little bit salty too. So tastes really good. It tastes really delicious. So can I eat (laughs)
0: mine?
1: Do you want to? Yes. Okay, well then you could have it. So you're sharing with me. Yes, I'm sharing it with you. If it was an orange, I'll probably cut it and give you a piece, but Mm. my mom taught me that life it's it's a life when it's shared mm-hmm. because there are all these different levels of being able to experience life. Mm-hmm. And living in refugee camps and not having food, being on a street, not having a home, being in a country where you're not wanted, it tastes so bitter.
0: Mm. It
1: truly tastes so bitter and it hurts. It's not as sweet as this chocolate. Mm-hmm. But there are a few people you meet who give you this sweetness. Mm-hmm. And, and if you call it love, then I will call it love then, now, mm-hmm. as we're sitting here. But so getting, having my home and having be a place where I learn how to share with others... And then having for six years in eight different countries being a person who's now wanted, a person who's now valued, Mm -hmm. a person who's invisible. Mm -hmm. And finally getting to the United States and then feeling also that I can be visible, I could be invisible if I allow myself to be. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I could be unwanted and I could accept that story. Mm -hmm. And so being in the United States, having the resources that I've had, either with the education or water, food, uh, shelter, I take a step back, I'm like, this tastes good. Like, taking a shower, this morning I took a shower for 15 minutes, and it was so good. And I'm like, why would I not want anyone to have that? Right? Mm -hmm. Just like a nice shower. So it's to say, like, my journey, our journey, at least my sister and I, it was a journey to learn about how it feels to lose it all, to have it all, and then the choices you make
0: after you've had it. That's very powerful. So that is your definition of love, not having it, and then you having it, and it tastes great. Yes. And it changes you.
1: Exactly. And, and I think that we are all feelings. We are nothing but feelings. And... Our sensory experience, whether through taste or sound and through, uh, through touch, that's when we're able to connect as humans, right? Beyond our skin color, beyond the categories that we're in. And, mm. and so if I would say love, loving myself is... in itself is destructive.
0: Mm. What do you um, mean by that? Dis-
1: disruption to an ideology of how I'm supposed to be loving myself. And maybe let me take a little bit of a step. In my country, Rwanda, we believed in the story of Tutsi, Hutu, and Twa, right? Mm -hmm. These people and these people and these people. And we believed it so much. And the story, of course, was like glossed over and punched and made really nicely in terms of these people have these resources, these people don't have resources, and then therefore that's the story they're living. And one group of people decide to kill the other group of people. But in all contexts that are our bodies, our way of being was a part of like, either you hate yourself or you really love yourself. And that is that is political and that's not political Mm -hmm. and for my mother to be able to teach us how to love ourselves by sharing there was nothing that we could not overcome Mm -hmm. and now as an adult looking back the life that I've lived and the people that loved me I could walk and sit in this chair and be in such a deep gratitude Mm -hmm. and so Again, when we, if you want to talk about love and sharing, it's both loving yourself, loving the body that you're in as a human, loving whatever you have, but it's not only yours to keep or to front, but it's to share. So for me, being able to stand up confi- with confidence mm-hmm. around other Rwandans, I'm like, look, I'm really confident in my own body. I'm not scared. Because of that story of how I'm not supposed to be comfortable in my body or be comfortable
0: in my skin color. So love and acceptance go together. You have to accept yourself and you have to be able to belong, to feel like you belong in order for you to be able to love. Is there a connection there? There is a connection
1: and and I hope I'm making sense. Um... Even though we were refugees for 12 years, Mm -hmm. wandering from one country to another, and then in the United States for six years, there was no story in our head that we did not belong. Mm -hmm. Like, because we believe we belong in this earth, like, we're not from Mars. Like, we were birthed, like, all of us in this room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so... Claire, my sister, any time we walked into a situation, such as our third refugee camp in Tanzania, it was actually a prison and they just rounded up as many people as they can and put us all over. And we did not have water, we did not have food. There was no bathroom. And they were expecting for us to live like that.
0: Hmm.
1: And my sister was like, hell no. <laughs> like, p- p- why is everyone okay with this situation? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. this is not loving at all. This mm-hmm. is not sharing at all. I know there's a bathrooms out there, there's mm-hmm. a food out there, there's water there. Mm-hmm. No, we're out of here. Right? And my sister sold everything she had. She sold jewelry. She sold clothes. She was mm-hmm. like, let's get the heck out of here. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a... An, like Because of her saying, I belong. Mm-hmm. And when I see others not belonging or being treated as if they do don't belong and they accept not belonging, mm-hmm. I am going to challenge them by being out of here.
0: Mm -hmm. right?
1: And so, like, we left everything and got out of the camp. And so, when you say acceptance, like, when you accept yourself, it's you accepting beyond the story and the categories that we're supposed to be in as a human, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we are a human. We are all birthed And there are all these ideology that we're so different from each other because of our gender, because of our race, because of our nationality, because of all these different things we believe. And we sit in it. And we make money off of it. And we go in prison for it. And so acceptance of yourself as a human, it's most revolutionary. But I believe through acceptance, one has to truly see themselves, love themselves, and as well share which, mm-hmm. whatever it is that
0: they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, in the now, where are you with your concept of love? Because I, I know that you're doing a lot of work with other uh, refugees. You're extending your love. So can you tell us a little bit about, about that? I'll give you an, a great example. Um,
1: so in the past week I was in Italy I was in four different city mm-hmm. uh, speaking and, and I was so lucky with, um, uh, with, the, w- with the organization that I was working with uh, sent to me in the middle of nowhere um, eh, where young people are not going to get as much Attention, or someone to tell them how life it is, mm-hmm. and majority of people are people who have, you know, who have, who are seeking refuge mm-hmm. in Italy from Mali, from Senegal, from uh, Syria, from um, Afghanistan, from uh, Burma, and and there was this moment where I spoke to um, a bunch of fourth graders. And these fourth graders, we, we sat and I told them this fairy tale, and they were all like, that's not real. And I was like, it is real. It's mm. real. I was like, and then one of them got up and said, you're speaking like a three-year-old. I'm like, yes, I'm a three-year-old. And I'm like, you should try to be a three-year-old and imagine. Just imagine me if I smile, beads will appear everywhere. Do you see them? And he was like, no. I'm like, if you look harder, you see them. And... <laughs> for me love uh, at least my love for humans and love for myself is being able to transport myself beyond constructed human ideas mm-hmm. you know being able to get these kids whose parents been traumatized by war and take them to a place where when they walk they can lift an ocean with their hands
0: mm. Very powerful.
1: Right? It's, it's being able to go in there and say, I understand where your parents are coming from, have been traumatized by other humans, but for your mind, we are going to smile jewels. You're mm. going to fall from the sky, and you're going to go to this ocean, and you're going to pick it up, and it's going to be the carpet, and you're going to go dance with mermaids. There.
0: Mm.
1: Like, for me, love is it can be formed to anything that is kinder and gentle and soft to the mind that has been so traumatized.
0: Wow, that's a very, very powerful. We, are almost, we have to um, allow the audience to interact with us. Yes. But I just had one more question. How long did it take you to go from to go into that place, to reach that place of love within you and be able to extend it?
1: Or is this like a gradual thing that... Well, maybe I might turn the question to you because yesterday you shared something that was so powerful about, you know, your ancestors and those who came before you. And I feel like we share that. And so if
0: you would mind sharing that with us too. Um... I think if I can recall correctly that yesterday I I said that uh, some of the choices that I make I have I always think back to what would my ancestors think about me because that to me is very powerful because I am not here on my own I came from somewhere so I always think that and when I do that is what keeps me in line will they be proud of me am I leaving something behind so this is what I
1: yeah And and within that, it also shared something so beautiful that made me realize when I was walking around, I took the train and just walked around and listened and observed and I realized how many other, and this is how many other Germans, parents, women and men who have created this space for us, for the two of us to sit on this stage Mm -hmm. and their... And then going back that we are all of our ancestors, our parents' wildest dream, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting together here as a human in
0: in curiosity, in, in conversation and in peace. So now I have to cut to you because we want to take a Absolutely. few questions from the audience. Um, anybody that has any questions for Clementine, please uh, for us. Questions? Any Come questions? To me. You can come to him, or we will just continue talking. No questions? I think everybody is it's, it's just listening and taking in what we're talking about. Am I correct? Or are you guys yeah. bored? Yeah? Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, I think we have a question.
2: So, uh, my name is Bilal, and um, mm-hmm. I, I hear you about helping create alternate realities for youth and young people to be able to dream and to have some beauty in their lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I've, I, I work with um, some of these types of youth and at times a lot of the organizations seem to be very interested in supporting their intellectual and their physical health and well-being but they don't really consider their emotional landscape so much. Mm-hmm. And I feel torn between thinking that these programs that we can do to, to work on these imaginative aspects. So, so I had a friend come um, and we did this mural project and my kids, they got a chance to dream for a little bit and they expressed themselves onto this wall in a public space. And it was, it's part of this project called the Fearless Collective. I encourage you to yeah. look them up. They're really cool. Uh-huh. And then when, when they left, when she went back to India and I was left alone with these kids some of them came up to me later and even though in the moment it was such a beautiful experience and I could see the bonding happening when, when they left they were like what did we get out of this? Mm. and I just felt like I don't know man I don't know and so how do you feel about that when, when you think about like, the beauty that you can bring into a life that is temporary and then the long term consequences of the physical and financial and just you know the other aspects of well being
1: yes Thank you so much for asking uh, that question. Um, I do both the imagining what else and also just like reality. Like you got to have bills to pay and you have, you know, things to do. But I believe that with your imagination, truly your imagination intact and your feelings absolutely clear, there's nothing that can scare you in terms of finding your job. And... I'll give you an example. Um, I never worked in a tech company. I didn't know, any, know anything about technology. And I heard that Google was hiring. And, um, <laughs> like, you don't understand. I'm also, like, dyslexic off the wall. And so I, I, I saw it, and I, like, oh, it's marketing and, and sales. And I'm like, OK, I want to go to Google. I want to know, right? And then I just started dreaming on how I'm going to walk around that campus. I went on a video and watched a bunch of videos, and my imagination just took me, took me, took me, and I was right on the campus, right? By the time I got to the interview, the last interview was like, if you were a vegetable, what vegetable would you be? My imagination went like, of course I'd be a tomato. A tomato is a vegetable and a fruit, you could put it wherever you want. That's the person that I am. Immediately, my imagination had, was able to allow me to access three different places. One, to imagine myself in that location at mm-hmm. Google in Mountain View in California. Two, it was able to give me to think beyond what, how I'm supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And so then I became a tomato. I could be a tomato. I could be a fruit or vegetable. And then third, the confidence that imagination gives you, it's absolutely endless. And so yes, the reality in terms of like paying rent, doing all these things, it's real. It's absolutely real. But if we imagine what else can be, how we can be... Mm -hmm. The imagination is the door, to, it's the gate, it's the gate, just fling it open, you know? Yeah, it's a story, a story we tell ourselves, not stories that others tell of how we're supposed to be if it's not positive.
0: And I think that's very, very powerful because if we imagine, then our reality can be different. This is the door that we want to tap in. If you want to be anything, you first imagine, I want to fly, I want to do this. Yeah. I want to reach this height. It first starts with your brain. Exactly. With where you can go in there. And then from there you set that goal and exactly. that is what you reach.
1: Exactly. I mean, we are all storytellers in our own given rights. And through storytelling, either if you're telling a story through beat, through um, you're telling a story to uh, colors, telling stories to taste, mm-hmm. whichever way you tell a story, to be among humans, if you truly love yourself and love that story, like yeah, <laughs> like it's not even it's it's not even one plus one equals two. It's just like it's infinity. Exactly. It's absolutely infinity. We are infinity. Humans, we are infinity beings, and through our imagination. And I would, and I know we're running out of time, so yes. I will leave with the two, with the two influences that I've had recently. One is, well, three actually. One is Audrey Lord. Audrey Lord. Um, and I was going to project it so you could have it. But she was phenomenal. She surpasses our time. When I read her, I feel like I'm living a thousand from now. Where our race as a human is just so easy. She makes it so easy by pointing out things that are so hard to be human. And then second person is Octavia Butler. It's If you are all about science fiction, she is like... she she is living in a time of ai walking around sitting right next to us having a conversation with them sharing tea you know she is she's t- she's taken us over there and you probably we don't know them because they were african american black women and no one wanted to publish their ideas wanted to publish their story and then the third person is hank thomas willis who is uh, uh, Hank Willis Thomas, who is taking oh, and then here it is, um, and I'm going to go really quickly so you oh, could see it. Okay. But this is my story at very fast, um, and is able to welcome us into a place of. Um, they're able to welcome us into a place of. So Audrey Lord, this is my Audrey Lord, mm-hmm. Hank Thomas Willis. I did not put Octavia Butler, but I also T and Strive Masiwa, who are like real people. Um, and I'll say this as a conclusion, and and please know that this is coming from a place of love and kindness. I believe that the West, the Middle East, the South, whatever, it's so crucial to learn from the Africans and to learn from our imagination and our way of creating. Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful invitation because... There's so much wealth of what world can be because of so much suffering throughout centuries and centuries of suffering. What has come out of suffering, it's so crucial to
0: our humanity moving forward. Well, thank you very much, Clementine, yeah. for thank everything. You. And thank you for allowing us to listen. I was supposed to interview you, but you just graced us with Everything you said, yeah. so I'm glad you made our, you made my job easier. Yes. So thank you very much, and thank you for teaching us how to love out loud and reminding us of the importance of love. I think we have come to the end of our session. Yes. So thank, thank you. you very much. And I'm around.
2: Clementine.
0: Thank you. And we are around. Just in case anybody wants to talk. Thank yeah? you. Thank you. Thank you.